Have you guys had dry needling done at all? Never. Like needling? Yeah. No. Dry needling. Yeah. You know, I, I do wonder, is there a wet needling? Is there an alternative here? Um, You know, it begs the question, is there a wet needling? But maybe... I don't yeah, know. why is it not just called a needling? I don't think there is a wet needling. Because you Anyways, don't like. I, I, right, I yeah, really what, don't yeah, know what it is. Yeah, what, what is, is what is dry needling? <laughs> so I don't know a ton about it. Um, I asked a few questions why it was getting done to me. My dad's been doing Do they it speak for English his legs. There? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's a it's a chiropractor I went to, but chiropractors are certified to do this. So I didn't want to look back because I don't do well with needles. But I could feel them. The chiropractor, she just went dink. Like, she didn't just barely slide it in. She just, like, boom, poked how, it in there. How deep do you think those needles are? <clears throat> I, I don't really want to know. Mm. But far enough to where you can feel your muscles relax. Could you see like, it? Like, twinge. Could, could, could you see it on your leg after you were done? I looked. I did not. No, I couldn't. Okay, so really small. But they were so everywhere. So is, is, is it, like, micro-needling? That's a thing, They're right? They're small. I'm pretty sure they're very small. Hmm. Yeah. It's almost like acupuncture. But like she put one like right on my Achilles, like not right on the bone, but like on the side. And I was like, there's not a lot of room there. Like hmm. not a lot of room for error there. But I will say it's, it's a trippy feeling. Cause like if you just, cause I was laying on my stomach and they were in both, uh, both my Achilles and like almost up to my calf. And anytime that you barely flex a muscle, your whole leg just flexes and it just like shing and it just like stiffens up oh and with it, all it the needles like, in it tw- oh yeah and it like twitches huh. and she was like oh yeah don't do that and i was like oh okay and <laughs> thanks for telling me yeah, yeah she was like she was like yeah your whole leg will like spasm i was like oh okay and yeah you could like feel the needles and it was how, like, how long is this experience only 10 minutes but okay. but i had like other chiropractic like work done on me before that mm-hmm. and she like um put like like massage my Achilles and stuff, so they were looser than they, what they were. I didn't just show up and she just How, shoved needles in. How'd me. you feel afterwards? How good, dude? So I bring it up because I felt kind of high after, and I was like, I, my eyes were kind of squinty, and I was like, I felt kind of like light. And she goes, "Do you feel? Do you feel okay? Do you feel okay right now?" I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Do you feel kind of high? Like, like you just like smoked a little bit?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm not kidding. She goes, it's called acupuncture high. She goes, especially on your first time doing it, you feel a little high. She goes, if you look in the mirror, your eyes will be squinty. And I looked in the mirror. I was like, only the first time you do it. No, every time. But like you definitely feel it the first time because you don't expect it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was wild. That's weird. It was. I was like, I wasn't like loopy, but I was like really loose. And I just, you know, and all she did is just stick some needles into you. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. There's nothing like apparently. Well, it it helps just anything. No, no. It does something Hmm. with you, like your nerves. Like it's, Hmm. and it just helps it. She was talking about sympathetic and like parasympathetic Hmm. and like how this puts your body in like a relaxed state. So they're not so tense. It like helps your body calm down. So like it, like has an effect over your entire body, and whenever she took them out, I was. Just I wouldn't have thought it would be like neurological though, because I would think like just the muscles that you're hitting. Well, because wait, where where were you doing it again? My Achilles. Your Achilles. See, that's so weird. Like I wouldn't expect well, you to feel that nerve. way in your, your head. Your nervous, your nervous system goes through your entire body. Yeah, but you're. This is more for muscles. Right? No, it, it gets it gets deeper huh. than that. I thought it'd be so. Mu- it, 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 it's just pure relaxation. Did the rest of your body feel? Oh, very I was not relaxed when it was happening. Oh, okay. Well, it was relaxing me, but you can almost feel your muscles like something's happening, but hmm. it's not. I don't know. I was just. I really tried to focus on. Just, I was like, just, just let your legs be. Just let is, them hang. Is just it? Hang. Is it? Uh, 
affordable or is it something you'd only be able to, like do once, it's affordable. once in a while? Um, the first time you do it is a little more expensive just because it's like the initial time, but it's, hmm. um, it's, it, but it, it's worth, if you're going to do it, it's worth getting other chiropractic work done too. So, um, so you did on your Achilles because you were hurting there a little yeah, bit for your big yeah. miles. Yeah. It's tight. So uh, how did it feel the next day when you ran on it? Not bad. Like uh, so much more loose. Like oh, I didn't yeah, realize right. how tight my legs were until I had it done. Cause I'd been running in not a decent amount of pain and it just took a long time to get really loose. And I was just dealing with it for a few weeks. And finally I had to cut my mile short one day cause it was so tight. No matter how much I theragunned or iced or stretched or anything, mm. I massage it on myself. But like it, it just, I needed something else done other than like the typical. And you just looked this up and this was a suggestion. So I texted my coach. I was like, chase, oh, I was geez. like, yo, like, Dude, I had to cut my mile short today. Like, my Achilles are just killing me right now. And um, he was like, yo, text text this chiropractor. He, he shot me her number. I text her, and she got me in the next day. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It was Ooh, great. Look at that, Coach Price. Big up yeah. to, to Coach. Yeah, Big, yeah, yeah, it was great. And um, and I've been wanting to do it, but it, I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but, like, I used to go to a chiropractor, but, like, once I moved here, I didn't really need one, but... I didn't know how to choose one there. I feel like there's so many. And so mm. like, it was nice to know that someone I know has gone to one and she works with a lot of athletes, which I, made me feel better. I feel the same way about any type of anything like, like doctor, dentist. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't really know what to yeah. rank them on. I guess. No. Do they even have Google reviews or anything? I, maybe. I don't know. Even then like who's Google reviewing. You know what? You know what I liked about this chiropractor though? She was, she was only a few years older than us. Hmm. She was an athlete in college. And so she knows, like, my, I told her what I'm doing. Like, I'm running a lot of miles, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'd like to continue doing it. And I was like, I was like, when can I run again? And she was like, run tomorrow. I was like, I go, really? Because usually they're like, oh, wait a few days. You're yeah. going to be sore. She goes, you're going to be really, really sore tomorrow. She goes, drink a lot of fluids tonight. Eat a good meal. Go to bed early. Wake up. Drink water. Stretch. And she goes, it's going to hurt, but run because it'll heal faster if you like, if you're more active. Hmm. I was like, okay, cool. And then I ran, I lifted legs and ran the next day and I felt pretty good. Like better than I have in weeks. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad it worked for you. Yeah. It's still getting a little tight. I'm doing it again next week. I'm going to do it for like two or three times just to loosen them up. But yeah, something is one of those things where you didn't know you needed until you got it. And you're like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like doing your first time, actually speaking of first first time doing things mine's a little more gross than yours but um this is you guys could tell my haircut is pretty pretty Dude, it's extensive bomb. it's bomb but what about the rest of my face i love the beard would you, did you get botox or something no yeah I was, no i did not get botox but <laughs> <laughs> i actually did like you know the now, wax. That, now that we mentioned it that you do have some pretty tight skin you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah i just yeah, got yeah, what are you 20, 20 plastic surgery in this job yeah been watching too much uh trying you know, to stay desperate dead? housewives what or, or what do you call it yeah. housewives of yeah yeah miami or whatever but no yeah so i got um i did like the wax package so i did like my ears my nose and <laughs> my oh. eyebrows i've never done ever and i was like you know what like that's why you didn't something. answer my phone call when you were at the salon <laughs> yeah Ryan i was like this bastard what's he no i'm kidding <laughs> wait <laughs> this I'd is wax. at the salon so yeah. you got you got to okay. So, so they what, like did they did the whole wax like poured hot wax like in your nose. like nostril essentially, and then like she let it cool in your then, nostrils. Did you think yeah. it was that one go had up to, to your brain? You, well, they 
didn't Did like you... turn your head upside down. Like, <laughs> I know it's no. like a melted candle just dripping. Huh. But then, yeah, then then there's like one, two, three, rip. And that had to hurt. <clears throat> I mean, it definitely hurts. Eyes watering for sure. Definitely eyes watering. Um, yeah. And I was like to her, I was like, hey, just, you know, like, this is my first time. So, like, don't make fun of me. Be gentle. Like, I don't even know if I need this. Like, do I, even, do I even need this? Like, I, like I'm Dude, not I don't know if you do need that. I mean, actually, one of my buddies gets that done. So, so she said some people got do. a lot of, wait, a lot wait, of wait, hair, wait. though. Excess they, hair. Your ears, yeah. too? I did my ears, too. How do they do that? On, dude, they literally just pour wax on top of your, like, on your ear, on the outside and the inside. Whoa. And then, like, I you guess have to be it, really careful on the inside. So they, like, uh, kind of, yeah. like, it's almost like they have a Q-tip and they have the wax that's, like, still melty form. Uh, but then it dries quick. So they, like, kind of hold it there so it doesn't go in your ear. Whoa. But like huh. even last night, I kind of felt a little wax. I, I got a little wax in there. I was like, oh, I gotta get, gotta get that out, huh? But uh, but honestly, it, I mean, I'm I'm not a hairy person per se. But she said some people have to come all the time, so that you know. Yeah, I would definitely do it in older age. I think because yeah. you, you see some, you know, your ears don't stop growing when you get older, and they get hairy. And I don't know if I'll care or not when I'm an old man. But there's some pretty gross old man ears out yeah. there. Yeah. And, and I would like to not have those. At, at least now, I think yeah. that I would not like to have those. So yeah, I get that. And like, just, you might just not care at that point. I might not yeah, care. Yeah. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so worth trying. Uh, what what, what prompted you to do this originally? Uh, well, honestly, well, I wanted a hair. I needed a haircut pretty yeah. bad. So, and um, I was like, you know what, I. I usually I hate spending a lot of money for haircuts, and this is where Same. I would love your eyes' opinion because I feel like the price of men's haircuts are going up like crazy. Yeah. Um, now I did this just because it was a nicer place, so I, I decided it was a new one. So I was like, I'll just do two. If I'm gonna spend a lot of money, I might as well just yeah. Kind of yeah. Go I mean, full nine yards. or at least these guys look like they your gals know what they're doing, so I just did it. But um, but yeah, what what are your takes on that? Like, where do you guys? Get At your what, all right, this is a good question. It goes off what you just said. At what point? At what price point is a haircut? Do you do you question its quality? At what price point do you think? Like in terms of cheap is worse. Yes. Whatever Great Clips charges. Fuck yeah. Those guys yeah. suck. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Come on. Well, those well, they, they, they have, some of them do. Uh, we don't want it. That doesn't align with our brand. Dude, maybe maybe we can just trash them so hard to where they're like. We have they have to lean into it and become a sponsor. So they yeah, stop talking. Oh, about just be that no, anti. Yeah, I won't do yeah, it. Be that You'll anti. have to kick me off the pod. Oh wow, that's it's you or the Greek. That's tough. But really, I think they get a bad rep. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, it's absolutely not, they don't get a bad rep. No, 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 they, no. they are trash. A big part of it is, is consistency. You're not getting a consistent haircut if you go there every time. That, that is true. That that's is huge. True. That's true. Ryan's, to Ryan's point, that is huge. Yeah, I think that's that's the issue. I. I've had good haircuts from a Supercuts or a Great Clips. I have. Clips. I have. Yeah. Maybe a couple. Maybe sports a couple. Clips. Sports Clips. Sports, sports Clips back hey, in the day when I was a kid. Sports Clips does Key, it a, a much better job than Go to a different Sports Clips every time and and say it's your first time. Use a different email and you get the VIP and they'll like wash your hair. Dude, and how many emails like, are you making for this? I made three. P- people do this stuff with emails. They're like, <laughs> oh, I'll just make a different email to take advantage of this deal. Dude, over and over I again. used like, like, this can't be worth it. I had a personal one. I had, a, I had an old one that I never used, and so I was like, "All Just right, pay full one. price, you cheap pass." <laughs> <laughs> I only went a few times though. It was really nice. Uh, Great Clips has screwed up my dome piece. 
so many times and for the longest time i was i was cheap and my hair would just get just long enough where i'm like you know what i'm ready to be hurt again i'm, I'm gonna try it this time will be better and i would leave there just fuming yeah. well when they say what do you think you just say yeah that's great no one no one time Why i told her say, i didn't no, like it do more yeah well yeah it, it depends you can only go so far with it yeah I don't, it, it, it probably does come down to my skill and in, in kind of describing what kind of haircut i want but like come on guys you, dude you, my you, verbal you, i've learned you're you're, yeah. you're meant to be you know a, a professional in this area yeah. like you, you gotta know do you show a picture you that's that's Sometimes. what i was gonna say you gotta show pictures so who like, i do pull you a show picture of yourself or do you show a picture of someone else i showed a picture uh, two pictures one of myself and then one of what i like and i'm like well, kind of make him similar. Who, who was it? Just like make me look like no, Lee just ran, random guy on on uh, Google Images when I pulled ah, so he did one. like haircut and like just found one. Yeah, oh, man. And Dude, then me. Did you have a guy like? Do you have you ever done that? Showing a picture. I have at times. I don't know that that's gone well for me either. Like, it's tough. I'm not. I'm not good at getting do, good haircuts. I don't know. Do you guys think you could guess good. who? Sh- Sherry actually I, the, at the cut now hooks me up. So. Oh, Sherry. Where do you yeah. go? Sherry's my girl. The cut. The shop. cut. Yeah. Where's that? At? It's uptown. It's uptown. It's pretty close to my office. If you don't mind, what, what's Street. what? Is, what are the prices you guys are, are paying for these haircuts? So they they did up it recently. Yeah. It's now forty dollars for a haircut. Dude, yes, that's the going right now. And you can't get it anywhere else. And I tip, yeah, you can do. I tip Sherry ten dollars because she's Arrow. the best. I don't know okay. if that's it. Okay, that, so that I was going to ask about this. I, I don't know what standard percent is. <clears throat> I was going to ask, what, what is the standard though. percent? I would assume 10 bucks is, is pretty good on a $40 haircut. Yeah. That's yeah. 25%. Is yeah. that... That's... Yeah, I would... Yeah, there's what would no you way do, that Ryan? that's bad. What, where do I go? What would you, well, what would you do tip-wise? On or, a $40 haircut? Yeah. Depending on the quality, 7 to 10. Okay, so that's... Okay. Maybe 8 to 10. Yeah, it's like 20 to Maybe 25%. To 10, yeah. If I go to, I go, I get a consistent haircut every time I go to Arrow. They have multiple locations. Have you guys ever been to Arrow? Nope. Wait, no, what? I haven't. But is it cheaper? Are you serious? Is it, is it cheaper? It is a little bit cheaper, I think. Bucks. It's $29. Yeah, and, and you, you can, can get drink a free beer, beer. there. Oh, free beer. Okay. Yeah. So. And you get a free beer. There we go. my next point. Do you actually get the free beer? It, it, yeah, every time. Why? Because they, they, they free work beer, with, Alex. so they started in Raleigh. They work with a brewery in Raleigh, and they have their own specific brew. It's not like they just have a random. Like, Is that the only one they'll give you? <clears throat> they have two now. They have a, they have a Mexican lager, oh. and they have a, like a light lager. I love a good Mexican lager. Yeah, it's they have their own like label on it too. Huh. It's very good. It's very. That good actually beer. probably works mm. out pretty well because yeah. they get a lot of recognition for their right. Beer. Yeah, see, because I, this place was nicer, so it was like, I mean, it cost me about hundred bucks to do the haircut Ooh, and that, wow. right, and the wax stuff, which. Yeah, I've never spent that much, not even close. But um, so, but I think they, they were like, "Oh, would you like some bourbon?" And I'm like, "Bourbon? It's logistically really challenging to drink bourbon." Complimentary? Yeah. Yeah, aren't While you gonna get a bunch of hair in it? Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I don't know. And I was actually surprised how many people came in and said yes. And I was thinking, what situations would I say yes, and when would I say no? But Ryan, are you every all the time? You're gonna say yes. To a complimentary uh, beer? I've only said no one time. The reason I say yes is because, like, just for, I, I I feel like it's included in the price already. Yeah. And I feel like I've already paid for it. Mm. So, so you're just trying to get your money's worth. Trying to get my money's worth. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I don't you... know if I'm looking at that incorrectly, but that's how I feel. Well, I, I, would, I would think that way 
But then recently I'm like, why would I do that? Because it's like, I don't have to. Yeah. Like, what well, about you, Dom? Would used, you yeah. get Well, you know what they say? The best beer is a cold beer. Mm-hmm. Second best beer is a free beer. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. All that said, though, I probably would not. Um, I, I just more recently have been straying away from, you know, alcohol just for alcohol's sake. So yeah, maybe that was. Have the you haircut ever? just doesn't seem like a situation where I need a haircut. I, I don't uh, know. It's nice though. I like getting my. It's nice when they mess with your hair. It's usually like after work, and it's like, oh, okay. Usually I do it on a Friday, so, so like that's a good kick off. You know, is mm. is if you did it before, maybe like if you're a guy and you're gonna go on a date. Maybe have a little drink before oh. your date. I think that would be a great huh. instance for that. And wow. I think a lot of these places. Yeah, because then hopefully you're looking sense. nice and suave. You're, you're feeling a little looser. Yeah. I could see that. You know, I could see on a Friday, too, if, you, if you've if you got some plans to go out afterwards and you're just trying to. And that was another question, you guys. Do you usually plan your haircuts around right before events? Like, oh, yeah. I want to like, look good for three this, days. so I do that. Oh, you do a three-day lag. Okay. Why th- why th- what's the three-day lag? Just in case anything goes wrong, three days gives it time to. You know, it, it three days is not enough time to make a good haircut look bad, but it's enough to make a bad haircut look better. Hmm. That, that's a, that's a good rule of thumb. Is three is three enough? I don't know that I need that though anymore. Now that I'm not going to great clips. Mm, yeah. Um. Three days. I used to not work haircuts around um, events, but I'm getting to the point where I do. Because I don't go to a ton of events, so when I do, like weddings. Yeah. Definitely got to work it in around a wedding, you know. Um, yeah, I try. Dude, I'm just upset that you didn't get trimmed up for the pod. I'm sorry. How, how much do you think girls spend on hair Dude, per year? Dude. Per year? Oh, I think $400 per instance um, at least twice a year. $800. So, this, so Celine was telling me, too, that like they because girls always go to the one person that they they're creatures of habit. They'll go to the same person, right? Mm-hmm. And Celine tells me it takes six months sometimes to sign up for her next haircut. I, that's insane to me. My, six months. My coworker goes to Dallas to get her hair done. What? She she's from Dallas, so she like well, so she time it up when she's visiting family. But yeah, wow. she only goes to Dallas, and she just can't steer away from her. I think. Yeah. Wow. My understanding. Yeah. But and they're the, so yes, it takes forever to schedule it. They're they're at the salon forever, like three. To, Celine was there for three and a half hours the other day. Didn't even get a haircut. Didn't even get a haircut. She got like some little highlights done or something. Three Man. and a half hours. Wow, that's that's why I always think too. Like last, like it's how you can spend so much time at a hair salon. Like I just feel like, and people are like, oh, like you know, I won't be able to join the meeting, but like I'll be working. I'm like. From, from the hair salon she's like yeah I'll just be sitting there with my laptop I'm like that must be so odd and like yeah. I don't know whatever I don't I don't get why people hang out the at things, salons, the things women do for beauty man I will say on the pot for the record Celine looks great when she comes back with her hair but still it's a long time but yeah for the record yeah for the record so Dom you said you were uh, you'd say no to a beer at, at the hair salon so I, I would now yeah I how, think there's a lot of beers I'd say no to these days well, but, so even even though we're past January how dry January go dry January went very well so it's my second dry month that I've done I think I did I did maybe November either October or November I think you didn't I think I did November because I'm pretty sure I didn't do it during Halloween Cause, yeah because you were going to like a holiday there was a, hol- a holiday party you went to in South Carolina 
and you didn't that's drink right. there. For Thanksgiving. Right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's right. So it was November. It was yeah. Thanksgiving. So yeah. yeah, second second month going dry. Um for for a full month. Alex just brought out a couple of bush you're lights. Gonna, wait, as, you're you're gonna as do I've that? Been, as I've been talking about that. Yeah. Um wait, you're gonna do another month? No, I'm not doing another month. Oh, oh. so freaking pussy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That was cut for that the out, pod. That, out. that was for the, that was pre- purely for the pod. Yeah. No. Um no, that's cool, dude. I, I actually, I, yeah, I no, it. I commend it. I commend it early, too. Yeah, no, I, I I like it a lot. I think it made me realize the impacts that alcohol has on my body and my lifestyle. I was never huge on drinking during the week, um, but I would sometimes, specifically after rugby practices. You know, we'll, we'll go out and get some dinner and then grab a few beers. And um, I mean, it just completely shot if I had any plans for you know, doing any workout or anything like that in the morning, which is important to me. So I think I'm probably going to steer away from weekday beers for the most part. And then, um, on the weekends too, like I'm just able to be so much more productive. Like I feel yep. like I have so much more time and, um, anxiety. Way yes. Down. Yes. Way down. Alcohol, 100%. alcohol plays a huge role in, um, anxiety, anxiety, common term. When you're hungover and, and super anxious and the Sunday scaries, all that coming into play, like it, it the, the way I feel on the weekends is just so, so much better. Dude, I love having a productive weekend. Like yeah. there's nothing oh. better. So yeah. I'm kind of with you. I think we're getting old. No, like, I don't know. Dude, dude I don't is know it, if our it? era is less alcohol. Pro- like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sensing a lot of people are like not as into alcohol, even at younger ages. Yeah. Well, I will say for, for good and the worse, um, you know, people around our age they challenge the status quo a lot so mm. whenever you know you see mm. people older than you they're like living for the weekend they're like oh let's go drinking go drinking and then you're just maybe wonder uh you know what would it be like if i didn't drink maybe what would it be like if i did a month sober and then it's eye-opening like a situation you've had or like i know we've you know gone sober for a little bit and it kind of shows you and then you have a productive weekend and you're like oh you see the yeah. other side of the coin hmm. and, or yeah. what happens if i have like two drinks and when i go out instead of seven right and i have just as good of a time and feel way better or you yeah. drink a lagunitas yeah. na that's delicious yeah you know True. i was thinking there's so many there's so much content out there right and all of these people that are successful are so you can hear about their stories right like um that didn't used to be around like it would be just the people on tv or just the people you read about Ooh, but good point. now all these different people of all walks of life are explaining like their past and how they've had a troubled past and like how being sober and like cleaning up or whatever has like been the best thing to them and i think people are like recognizing that like hmm. Uh, even I was listening to Nelk boys had like jelly roll. Who's like mm-hmm. a, a yeah. rapper oh, yeah. or country yeah, guy. Yeah, Dude, Beast. like he, he was in jail. He was incarcerated and he was like, my family around me was like, just drinking alcohol all the time. I thought it was normal, but it was like, no, I was like an alcoholic. So he, he's cleaned up and like, I, he, you know, he obviously would, I think he drinks a little bit, but it's like, you hear those stories and you're not just trapped to what your family's doing. Right. So you're now getting out of, you, you're hearing other perspective and like, we're, I think yeah, are, are, our, our, our experience isn't as siloed just based on the people that we are directly around anymore. And if we're, you surround yourself with this, we're content, exposed to so many more different yeah. for better or worse, you know, and, for better and, or worse. And quite frankly, I don't know about you guys. I'm curious when you're listening to other podcasts and other content, 
are you run, coming across stuff that's like, yeah, man, like I partied so hard and like it was crazy and like I got so hammered and stuff like that? No. Or is it mostly like, yeah, like I used to do that and it was terrible and I went to the depths of hell and it came out? I, I think it's a lot of, um, yeah, who are the people who are making podcasts mm. as well? It's it's usually people who are kind of focused on productivity and stuff like that. So I think just the natural selection of that is that you're gonna it takes more effort and you're, you're not to do that. yeah yeah instead of being hungover you're making a podcast right right is that what it, you're kind of kind of yeah yeah well it's just the mindset behind the drinker and the no drinker yeah you know I'd, I'd I'd be out partying instead of making a podcast I guess it, right right maybe it's, mm. maybe that some of that plays I mean, into it or maybe we're just not listening to those types of uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some out there, but I, I think that's a good point too. It could be out there, but it's not in our circle. But I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I I do think there's a shift coming around though. Um, I mean, you think about you know decades ago when it was just super common to smoke cigarettes, mm. and people weren't really aware of the negative effects it had on them. Um, I could see something kind of similar happening with alcohol dude i think I'm, you're right. i'm not sure though because at the, at the other end of the spectrum i see um you know breweries popping up everywhere wineries popping up everywhere yeah um but not necessarily bars so, so maybe mm, maybe we're making a shift uh, yeah. maybe we're making a shift from uh you know uh a culture where cigarettes are really common to a culture where it's like, oh, I'm going to go to a cigar bar. Like, I, I wouldn't have any problem going to a cigar bar because I'm not right. going to get addicted to cigars or anything like that. Where, whereas the way we maybe drink alcohol in the future is going to be more responsible and it's about experience as opposed to just, you know, picking up a 30 rack to watch TV. Sure. Question off of that, what you guys just said. If you look at like how society used to look at cigarettes popular there were advertisements everywhere you can't advertise that stuff anymore do you think that all of the negative consequences of alcohol and like everything that's associated with it will begin to be looked at like cigarettes and then they have to pull advertisements because you can't like it, it like football and baseball stadiums like marble used to be everywhere mm-hmm. you look at like uh a NASCAR car just had Marlboro on the yeah. front of it. Like there were, there were sick camel, everything you can think of was everywhere, but you, you ban it now. And now it's, well, it's not, do you is think it banned? Is it banned? You can't advertise any of that in a oh, massive wow. public scene anymore. Huh? Do you um, think that'll ever happen with alcohol or is it too, is it, has, has it, is it too prominent? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think it is too prominent. I think alcohol is, is really awful yeah. for you. Um, I, I enjoy being able to consume it responsibly. Um, and I, you know, I love like a good brewery, a good, a good beer. So it would be kind of a shame if it got to that point, but I mean, it is like really just terrible for you. It's poison. It, yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. I, 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 that's, so, a, that's a really, and, and there's, there's plenty of good studies that I think that, that's what I was going to say. Like just how truly awful it is for it, your body. There is enough evidence out there that. Even though there's some conflicting stuff that is saying like it's bad, but I think that's where things are interesting. I don't think there's really any study out there that says like one cigarette a day is fine. No, (laughs) but I think there are some out there that say, well, like a couple drinks are fine a day. Well, what's the definition of fine? 
you know, it's like fine, is fine. Yeah, fine as in your body can process it, or you know, I don't think there's any argument that it, that it's healthy in any right. Okay, e- yeah, even yeah. in moderation, which would be the same as a cigarette. Like I'm sure you can smoke it. It, it, here's the other thing that I've been kind of struggling with a little bit lately is that I feel like you can get way too into completely optimizing your health mm-hmm. and your life 100%. and you're just like you're doing a little bit too much for what your your trade-off is um, so you know that anything in moderation is kind of the mm-hmm. you know the the saying it, it isn't really all that bad and I think it's really about finding a healthy balance but realizing that that you know, alcohol consumed in even pretty moderate quantities does have you know, bad effects on your body. Right. But and if you look at it, though, there, I mean, there are plenty of people who, you know, go out every weekend and, and drink a decent bit and live long, healthy, happy lives. So, but would they it, be healthier if they didn't? Yes, exactly. But right. it, it yeah, depends so on it depends on the lifestyle you want to live. It's so not it doesn't like, it doesn't it's hurt not like, them. It's not like drinking a, a, a beer a day is gonna you know, completely impair my right. entire life. Right, right. But it's so. like, you know, based off that, it, it's like, you know, it doesn't hurt you, but does it help you? No. So in that aspect, it does kind of hurt you. But there's you plenty know, of things that don't help you either. Like that that Chinese takeout I was just eating that I said right. in my stomach, like, that's no good for me. I know that, but it tasted good. So Damn I'm going right. to do it sometimes. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, you can go crazy kind of completely optimizing your life. You're going to say, I'm never going to eat sugar, you know, or something. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you could do all these things. So it, it it's about making trade offs, I think. This is but, for yeah, this is for another pod, but I have yet to find good Chinese place here in Charlotte. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know that Actually, I have any recommendations I, for you. Dude, I don't really do Chinese either. Tried here. a good I, amount of places, all dog shit. Huh. I yeah, I guess I dog shit. I don't know why for me like trying new Chinese places is always scary. It is. Oh yeah. yeah you I don't shouldn't know what you're be scared, but, but I just don't maybe a little bit tough to trust the quality, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. But then shouldn't we just rely on sanitation ratings or whatever? Well, you know, those like things that they... Bigger hole in the wall, better the food. That's my thing. Bigger hole in the wall? Bigger the hole in the wall. Oh, yeah, man. So, oh, so, are you kidding me? What better about better that? Better the food, maybe. Better the taste. Better the taste. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Mm. Okay. Let's, let's break this down. If we're going for Chinese food, are we really looking to have a nutritious meal? It's a wonderful point. It's a wonderful point, Ryan. Are we? No, we're not. I don't think so. I'm looking. I'm not looking to go yeah. out for a healthy China. No. I I don't. You you know what? Give me a oh, high five. That. Thank that's, you. Wow. Thank you. That, that. that was you, a good. You, you, you're, you're hitting it, dude. Thank that's you. thank you. <laughs> I, you I don't know what you just uh, now. Honestly, you know, honestly I just had some kind of. You like, know, you hit a point with realization Dom when he gives you the double finger wag and the high five. You That's just big. explained that you felt guilty about eating this food, and now Ryan just talked about because it did it well, taste I just good. Made you feel, did I feel it taste like it made you feel better? I here here's here's the the moment for me that Ryan just unlocked. I was saying you can't go too crazy optimizing your life for health, mm-hmm. um, but you should optimize your life for whatever you're trying to get out of it. So if we're trying right. to optimize taste, we're not trying to optimize health. Anymore. Correct. Yeah. So you know. Hmm. Live your life. Live your life accordingly. I mean, I'll Re- tell you from experience. And recognize what you're optimizing. Like I've tried to buy. Just I did like a couple grocery store trips of just like no processed food, like no oils and like all the bad stuff. And we've we're gonna talk about this in future pod. I know, but like it was miserable coming home because I'm Dude, like, there's yeah. just nothing here to eat. I know. And I, like I, I it's so it's so new to me, and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So 
there is, and, and also it was more complicated. So instead I just made a quick like sandwich every time and it's like definitely calorie deficient. Go, go to waste in your you guys, Yeah. So, you yeah. know. Do you guys want to know where I'm at right now? I, I ordered three new metal shaker bottles because I'm trying to avoid eating and drinking out of plastic. Oh, yeah, the plastic thing was... Uh, I, d- I did hear a little bit about this. It's the micro- um, microplastics is what I'm... Yeah, there's a, a new study just came out, yeah. yeah. Is that the one that, that you're referring to, too? Or yeah, just- well, that and I've heard some podcasts with... Uh, it's like Dr. Shanna Swan, hmm. and she wrote a book called... I think it's called Countdown, and it all has to do with like the sperm count in males, how it's tanking hmm. tremendously, and how a big factor of that has been microplastics. Hmm. So part of me is like, am I just being weird? But part of me is like, can't be good to eat plastic, you know? Well, see, and and herein lies exactly what I'm talking about in that there's all these things we can do that would be better for us, but how better is, is better. Yeah. How much better is it to actually do that? You know, because there's, you know, obviously we were born, our parents... Our, our dads probably all drank a ton of water out of plastic water bottles. So, but yeah, yeah, but I, but it's a compounding effect. Sure. So, and then there's you know there's the whole argument that you know the boomers throw out older guys. It's like oh, I did that. Look at me, I'm fine. But it's like what we just talked about. It's like yes, drinking a few beers a day is fine, but like could you be better? Kind of argument. Sure. But and so like I'm I'm not going all out right. I'm just trying to make a slow. I'm trying to make a somewhat of a difference. So sometimes when I could choose a plastic or a metal, I choose metal. Like I put, I put rice whenever I have leftovers, I put them in a glass bowl. So I have a plastic bowl. I just try to try to be more conscious about it. Okay. This is interesting. So I just, okay. First off, not to go too far off topic. Have you guys installed the Google labs? AI no. software in your Google searches? No. Um, um, so I, it generates AI responses. Yes, while you I have. Yes, I have actually. Incredible. It's by the dope. Way. And I just got the Copilot one from Microsoft. So good. Anyway, so I just looked up what um, what kind of that study was, and so this study was con- was conducted by uh, University of Rhode Island. You're in. Shout out. My grandparents went there. <laughs> um, investigated the effects of microplastic exposure on mammals. Um, and found that you you found they looked at the varying levels of microplastics in drinking water for three weeks, and they said the results were striking even at relatively low doses. Microplastic exposure induced behavioral changes in the the mice. I guess is what they were testing, resembling dementia-like symptoms that there's in humans. Hmm. And it was more pronounced in older humans. And older animals Damn. and males. So that's mm. that's freaky, and that's just one of them. They're doing they're doing blood uh, microplastics found in human blood, human cells. Oh gosh, Dude, this is looking worse and worse. Is there is there any for the human race? Is there any? I don't. This might be a dumb argument. Is there any other more valuable animal than the rat for learning about human health? We don't need to well, go on this topic. Is it monkeys? We don't need to go on this topic. But like, I think we've tested more on rats. Rats are kind of dope. Lab rats. Is it just because we don't... like? Do they have any kind of DNA that resembles ours? Or is it just because we I don't, don't really... I don't we think know. they're kind of ugly and we don't care about them? I don't know. I think they're just... We're just okay I, I don't with know. I don't know why. Messing them up for But science. anyway, But anyway, back to it. 
back to it. Um, but that's interesting. I'm just saying that's wild, and I didn't realize how bad. Like you, can, I kind of know, but I always kind of sometimes won't play. You don't want to know. Yeah, right. I want. I right. want. Like, well, the other thing too is there's just there's just cost to all this. Like, think about if if every um, you know water bottle you could buy at a store was metal instead of plastic how much more it would cost to produce plastic has done you know a lot of good for the world in in terms of being able to provide water at a you know affordable cost to people who need it the other thing too i worry about with some of this stuff i don't know if i'd say worry but it's just that all of this knowledge of health comes with so much inaccessibility to to people who are not of wealth yeah that that to me is the key and that's I really am excited for processed food conversation because I think that's you know, you've probably heard my opinion on this, but like without processed foods, we'd starve. Mm. So especially wow. the poor, lower income people. Yeah, no, I, I hadn't, so I hadn't like, heard that. So that's yeah, yeah. no, I haven't. That's hundred percent. Huh. Which I also think, by the way, we're going to run into in our lifetime. We're going to have we're going to probably have food problems, but because or we're going to have to rely full like a lot on processed foods. It's going to be freaky, but. I think stay stay tuned to a future episode of the podcast. Yeah, we got. I'm well, so excited to talk about this. Things. I don't yeah, know if I want to so get it too things. much away there. I think yeah, that's that's good though. We're hitting some things here. So Dom, big hundred month, hundred mile month last month, right? Big hundred mile month. Yeah, uh, congrats on that. Not man. thank you. Not not as many miles as as Ryan. Oh, yeah, but, true. Uh, Ryan, how many did you get in last month? You know, I'm counting it right now. Actually, these are running miles, by the way, yeah. to the listener. So, um, doing some doing some math here, looking up your app. Well, I bring this up, Ryan. You can interrupt. Do you want to know? It. Yeah, let's go. What is it? Uh, I got two thirty-two. Whoa! Shoot. Wow, that one hundred mile month looks just, a lot worse. Than, doesn't it? I think yeah. it's two twenty two or two thirty two ish. Yeah, right around that's pretty. What's crazy. ten miles? You know, what's ten miles in that in, in the grander scheme? Wow, when that's you're crazy. That many. Well, Sheesh. Props, but you. well, you guys both were. We were talking uh, a little bit of sleep scores and stuff because it, you know our Whoop data is pretty pretty cool to watch and look over the past six months. Just you know, especially with some of the changes we've made health wise. But it looks like you guys. Seem to have some trouble getting to sleep. What's going on with that? It seems like so, six hour, seven hour averages or something. Yeah, I, I'm getting up earlier, but I go to bed. I see. I've been kind of going to bed earlier too. See, but the thing is, I fall asleep on the couch almost every night. Okay. And then I'll get up and then I'll go to bed, and it doesn't record my sleep on the couch. No, it should. Yeah, you it does not though. That. It does not. So sometimes I put a nap in there. But I usually you don't. can extend your sleep hour. I know. I, I just don't mess but, with it, dude. Dude, I don't mess with my whoop. So what do, what are your what are your averages looking like though? Um, I'll, I'll start with mine while you're pulling yeah, yours up. Yeah, yeah. So my over the past six months, my average sleep need has been nine hours and eighteen minutes. Now that is Jeez, not, dude. That's insane. That is not uh just time in bed. That's time asleep, which is unattainable for me. Um, and my actual sleep achieved, it doesn't summarize that for me over six months, but my, my low is, is six minutes and, or six hours and eight minutes. My high is six hours and 46 minutes. So somewhere in, in the middle of that, I think the reason my need is so high is because if I don't hit it in a day, 
it, it adds sleep debt and then I'm continuously mm-hmm. chasing a higher target yep. um, until you know a certain point. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very short by this metric. Oh, sorry. Six, six hours and 29 minutes is my average hours of sleep. Mine's, so, mine's not good. You ready for this? Yeah. For the last six months, my average sleep need is nine hours and 46 minutes. Jeez, man. God, how, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense, though. Like, and that's so I've been sleeping. It's completely unattainable. My average hours of sleep are six hours and 44 minutes. So what's that gap there? What's it? Three hours. Jeez. Three-hour gap. And then what was your gap again, uh, Dom? Yours was Dude. Oh, my God. Similar, just under yeah, three hours. Just my, under three my hours. Hour, my gap this month, no, January, my average sleep need was 10 hours and seven minutes. So let's let's pair in one more statistic here. So for people not familiar with WHOOP and what all it does is it measures your day strain, which is um, kind of how hard you've worked throughout the day. And it used to be just based on cardiovascular capacity, but now also factors in uh, muscular load if, if you record a, a strength workout on it. Um, but, you know, theoretically, the more strain you put on your body during the day, the more um, sleep you'll need at night. So my question to you, Ryan, is as you've entered marathon prep and as you've started running more, um, is a lot of that sleep need coming out of just putting a lot more on your body? Yeah, and I think the longer miles I run, I have to get up earlier because I take out Penny every morning too, which is like 20 minutes. So I take her out, get my stuff ready, get my clothes on, brush my teeth, pee, go. And then also I'm doing lifting three days a week. So I definitely, I get up, I get up, yeah, early a lot. And which prompts me to fall asleep earlier. But I need to go actually go to bed earlier. Yeah, versus sleeping on the couch. I need to go yeah. to bed earlier. Yes. So all this is say, I'm I'm like you, Ryan. I I like to do my workouts in the morning, so I pretty strictly wake up at six a.m. every morning, so that mm-hmm. I'm able to fit that in before work. Um, which is the bad thing for me because it would require me to go to bed. At, yeah. You know, ideally it's like ten p.m. if I want to get yeah. eight hours in bedtime, and that's just difficult to hit every day. But the reason we bring this all up is because Alex has a different habit uh, <laughs> and that he doesn't set an alarm at all. Alex, how, yeah. how does this work? Bonkers. Yeah, dude, I don't set an alarm anymore. When do you go to bed? Do you so, go to bed? So wh- where is the consistency coming from? Do you go to bed at the same time every night or is actually, it just? Not really. No. So here's, okay. here's, um, so my stats are definitely not. The, the reason we brought this up though is an interesting topic is, wait, let me see where mine is. It's actually um, really healthy to just wake up when you wake up. Yeah. So my, my average sleep need, I guess, is eight hours and 27 minutes. But I've been getting an average of 720. That's really good, though. Yeah. Like 720, like we were talking about, you know, doing all you can, you know, not not going all the way because everyone says eight hours of sleep. But like 722, that's pretty good. We should remember also yeah. that the sleep need is for 100%. Good point. Good point. That's a really good yeah. point. Like it's yeah. hard to achieve, but like. Yeah, the three-hour gap is crazy, right? Right. Um, but yeah, dude, um, I have been doing some testing with myself of like when I – our jobs every day are sitting down. Yeah. And I feel like when I wake up and I come out of a REM sleep, I like could fall asleep during a meeting. 
And I've learned, I've found, I've been listening to a lot of stuff that says like, if you do that, you're more likely to fall asleep during meeting. And that means you're like messing with your body. Like if you're falling asleep during meeting, it's because you're at, like, you need to sleep. And so I kind of used, I, I used to think sleep is kind of a joke and did the whole sleeping on dead thing. But I've just decided to, if I need to sleep a little bit longer and like miss a morning workout, I'll just work out at night. Like I, I just, and I have a schedule right now that's flexible, but like I'll make it work, you know? Um, like even if I usually wake up with the sun. So if the sun starts to creep or before, so when the sun starts to creep up, I'll just be up and ready to go. Um, but I felt so much happier and my mood is way better, but I also recognize a lot of people don't have just a five minute commute to work and right. like other things. So how, how many times do you actually get up to your alarm? Like, are you up all the time? Uh, or do you hit snooze sometimes? No, like, well, it's, I, I, I lay there after, for like a minute or two after, but I will say I wake up in anticipation because I think my alarm's about to, to go. I only, I only only do that Yep. if, uh, if there's something like really big, I know I need to be up for. Yeah. And then I'll worry that I didn't set an alarm, even though I know I did. And then in your kind of half conscious, semi woken up brain you you just keep forgetting whether or not you've actually set an alarm or like was i dreaming that i set the alarm like all that kind of stuff but normally i'll wake up to the the whoop has the vibration alarm it's a great way to wake up um, which is a lot more gentle so there's no snooze option so if you wake up early are you just like i'm up and i'm ready to go or are you like i need to sleep and like i'll pretty rarely happens to me. i'll gauge it because sometimes i'll get up to go to the bathroom and if i'm like oh i feel good i'm up I won't go to bed because back to bed because I know if yeah. I go back to bed and I wake up I won't feel as good as I yeah. did So I try to but then sometimes I'm a dumbass and I go back to bed and then I feel like shit. And, yeah. I I think you're on to something though Alex. I I know yeah. definitely times when I feel like I've slept enough hours and I wake up feeling groggy I'll check to kind of see what cycle of sleep I woke up in and almost always when I'm feeling groggy it's because I was in the middle of REM sleep when I woke yep. up. You checked that? No, no. Wow. No, no, not in the middle of the night, like after I've gotten up. Right, right. I, I, I never checked that really after. Dude, it's, it's really interesting. So actually you're, I've noticed my memory is actually better also doing this because if you wake up in the middle of one of these cycles, like your brain gets kind of like short circuited and like doesn't, it's, it's supposed to help not help it's, memory it's as much. It's deep sleep, I believe, where your yes. uh, mind is converting short term memory to long term. Right, wow. right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what REM sleep is doing. People always talk about. I REM, think waking but, up in either right. is, is detrimental. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, like, so in terms of bed, going before bed. I mean, do you guys have any good habits? I know we all know what the good habits are. <laughs> like, don't be on your phone and read a book and maybe meditate. But like, do you guys actually do that every night or what? You know, definitely not every night. Would love to be more disciplined about my sleep routine. Uh, the things I do are blue light glasses, not, mm. not completely sure how well those work. I've, I've heard things either way. I haven't, I haven't looked into studies and I don't know that studies have been conclusive on it. Um, but I, I will do those, um, if I am going to be looking at screens. So if I'm maybe like working later or, or doing something on my computer later, I'll, I'll make sure to wear those. Uh, generally reading, reading is 
sort of my go-to. And then if I really think I need it, if I have something on my mind, I'll do a guided meditation, actually. Good. Good, Dom. I like yeah. the ones that kind of make you focus on your breath. Yes. And then um, I really love Mindfulness. the ones... I really love the ones that kind of start with either the top of your head or the, the, your toes. Oh, like they body walk you through like the body. A body and check. Then, yeah. yeah. Put, oh, put all I'd your like focus on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Feel your toes. Mm. Now turn them off and then move to your oh. ankles. <laughs> Dude. Well, I've got a great voice I for that. Maybe you should. I love those. <laughs> we might I should maybe just record one for, I was gonna say, for myself, for you guys, for our pod listeners. I'll we might need that. to do uh, a pod Join meditation after this. That sounds incredible. Ryan's wow. feel I feel like you're like tired, but you're like Ryan is dude, you're like loopy right tired. now. I got tired for some reason. Did you get dry know. needle high before this? Dude, yeah, no, dude, I, come on, we told you you gotta stop that, man. That's the problem. Gotta stop no. the dry needling. Yeah, no, I'm addicted to it now. What about uh? So what what about you though? I mean, do you you fall asleep on the couch? So I'm guessing you're watching every a TV night. show or something, or what's, uh, what's yeah, or I'm reading something. Usually I'm looking up something for a podcast, or but I'm always laying down in the same position. But I fall asleep every night. But I during the day I use blue light glasses and I have my computer. It turns off the blue light after seven PM. So if I'm on it later than that, it's still like and I take off my blue light glasses, it helps me. Mm. So I still have like a, a backup. And I don't know if it works, like you said, but I'm if it does, then I'm doing something. And I feel like I'm doing something by doing that. Um and I do have a book that I try to read a few pages on just to not stare at light before I go to bed. Because I've also heard people like Huberman talks about the circadian rhythm and that's like the biggest thing. So, I mean, I get up and I run. So like I see light in the first part of the day. Like that's how I wake up. But I try not to look at it at all. Once I, once I go upstairs, Selena and I stop looking, try to look at her phone. So I've wondered too, if you're reading a book and you have a book light on, is that not looking at light? Is it a different type of light? The light's well, facing the, the yeah. page. It's not facing okay. directly. Your even phone, though the yeah. page is kind of illuminated and even by though its reflection. You, yeah. Even though you see light, yeah. it still like awakens your circadian rhythm. But at the same time, you're not look like the light isn't going directly into your eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I've also heard too that it's it's best to get natural sunlight. Yeah. Yes. For the waking benefit yes. in the morning. Yes. So just reading a book in the morning with that natural illumination of the page isn't going to give you the benefit. So I can't imagine it would necessarily give you the negative at night when you're trying to fall asleep. That's a good point. The the two I left out are one alcohol, like we talked about. Yeah, dude, I was just going to say hugely impacts your sleep, I think. And then uh, not, I think there's plenty of resources out there that can tell you that that's true. Um, and eating close to bedtime. I try to cut off eating yep. two hours before yep. bedtime. So that's 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 something I need to get better at too. See, that's I think what hurts me is maybe I don't look at my phone, but I'll eat late, and that's what gets me. Yep. Especially that's if you have like me. I know you like ice cream right now. I know, but like I've been doing more of a dessert at lunch, and or, like to get that craving out, and yeah. it's been that has been one of my key to, keys to like getting to bed and getting up early, that's like a good naturally. So, dude, honestly, guys, like. Also, I kind of sleep with the the blinds a little open so hmm. that like light comes in and you do and it wake wakes up. You up naturally. So I think that I honestly highly suggest it. And I think that the lack of alcohol, which I know we're on the same page in this, like that has done night and day for me. Like is night and day. I think alcohol was like fully destroying my sleep. A few all right, Yes. A few interesting things I learned. I listened to Matthew Walker today. Talk. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wrote the book on sleep. Hmm. 
Um, so this makes sense to me. Have you ever had like violent dreams after you drink? Like, uh, like violent like, as in violent as in the- crazy, like things happening almost like if you were in that dream, like you would be high anxiety, like stuff's going on. Huh. Like, have, you, have you ever thought that? I don't know if I can line it up. I ha- I had one the other day where I was like a, a not a victim, but I was in like a mass shooting. Um, Holy balls. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of weird. Where I was, and, and I have some of these recurring where I'll be like trying to run from someone who's shooting, but I'm like, my feet are in concrete almost. Like I'm, <sighs> I'm just moving so slow and I'm like, surely they're going to get me. And yeah. then somehow I kind of get away, but yeah, anxious the whole time. Yeah. Like in this specific dream, right. I was like hiding out somewhere. Just wait, it was, it was weird. But yeah, I'll, I'll have some of those. Sometimes. I don't know if they've, I don't know if they line up with me drinking or not. So I'll, I'm going to have the contrary real quick. Yeah. I have noticed less violent dreams, and that's because I've been doing less. Do you think you just don't remember them because no one ever remembers their dreams? I feel like I do remember a lot of my dreams. So this is interesting. He said this, like whenever you drink and then you go to bed, your brain, it's like you still have alcohol in your system. It hasn't been processed by your liver yet. hasn't gone through your kidneys, whatever. But once it goes through your body and it, you don't have anything in your brain anymore and it's been processed by your liver. You can't dream while the alcohol is in your system. So once it gets processed, all of that REM that you should have had throughout the night gets rushed into you late Uh, in the night. And it's almost like you, if you, if you hmm. next time, next time this happens to you, like it, I realize it like you, it overcompensates like very early in the morning. Kind of. Yes, it overcompensates. It didn't. You didn't have time to have any REM cycles early in the night and du- the duration of the night. So very late, early in the morning, you'll just get a ton of them, and then it'll be hard to go back to bed because you'll just go right into REM again. And then I've looked at this before. Like you go back and you look at your stats, and you're like, "Oh wow, I had REM sleep," but it's like all at the end. Huh. And you wake up during it, and it's terrible for you. So it's almost like trying to jam sleep in at the end. Your body's naturally trying to jam sleep in at the end because it wasn't able to sleep because you had alcohol in your system. That totally makes sense. Yeah, which is really interesting. Huh. I'm about to think about that, but now I think about it, the craziest dreams I remember having are usually when maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's not, but like, uh, I remember, oh, I remember even Christmas night or something, I drank like a dessert coffee thinking, I'll be fine, I'm so tired, and I didn't fall asleep till like, 3 a.m. and that night was just like bang like dreams like crazy and it like hurt my head it was wild yeah Yeah. anyway damn espresso martinis are probably not the move i do love those uppers and downers together it's tough that's Uh, tough i don't do uppers i don't do caffeine so like when i do caffeine i don't do well and then when i do alcohol i don't do as well anymore you put those things together so What do you guys want to talk about? You want to talk about feedback? Can I learn another uh, thing? Can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Whenever you sleep somewhere foreign or that you're not comfortable with, you don't sleep there all the time, it's been shown that half of your brain stays awake when you go to bed. Really? As, in, as it's I've like heard this, on, yeah. It's like on watch. Like It's like you know a sense of awareness as in like a protective state. Huh. So you don't, you feel like you don't sleep as well because you don't. Half your brain's awake. That's interesting. So like when you go to hotels and stuff, that's why you feel like you don't the sleep. The first well. night is always the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, it does. I, I have heard that before. I I don't know that I've noticed it fully. But so Alex, you got me thinking earlier with 
the sleep affecting memory thing. Now, obviously, I've been lamenting here that I don't get great sleep. And I feel like at work, my memory is really poor. Now, I you know try to set things up for myself to where I don't have to remember information that's not critical um you know to where i wouldn't have to recall it on the fly or anything you know i have sources saved down and stuff like that but it, like my ability to just just remember kind of details i think is below that of my peers maybe and i'm wondering if that sleep piece has something to do with it do you do you notice anything like that in a work setting like um that my that, that your improved, improved sleep has has been benefited for 100 percent. Hmm. i'm not joking hmm. um that's actually kind of one of the biggest reasons i wanted to to kind of change that because when i when i learned that that was helpful um i wanted to give it a try and it, it, it totally worked um i don't know how i can like really describe how but i think it's it it might come down to just not You know when you like sometimes are groggy, even sober. Let's just say sober, or whatever. You you just wake up groggy and tired, and you're just not all firing on all cylinders. Like when you get sleep and you're just up and you're ready to go. I just feel like it's like it takes a lot less time to get to that. So and like that's why my memory is better. I'm not. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, I would say in terms of like my memory is definitely better. Um, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm not for, I'm just not forgetting things as much. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm necessarily more organized. Like I, I'm not mm-hmm. doing any more tactics. Mm. Do you think your attention spans better? Yeah. Barely though. I would say barely though. Attention span I think is different. Um, yeah, I just, I just didn't know if you've seen that. No, no, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I'm trying to figure that out too, because I think that's a problem in general, but. So is this something that's reflected in, in feedback in, in, in your work here? Do we want to do feedback? Let's do, let's talk about feedback. some feedback. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my feedback was you have bad memory. No. <laughs> um, no, I was curious. I mean, we talked about smart goals last week. So um, I know feedback in the workplace is a big topic. And we're a new generation that gets, gets feedback. And you might even be giving feedback now. Um, so... Right, Dom, I don't know if you're, or maybe even Ryan, I don't know if you guys give feedback to other people. So first off, kind of what are your thoughts on just like workplace feedback, just good, bad? I think work, workplace feedback is just essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why would you a, say that? A good functioning team. I, think, uh, I mean, I think think about how often people will complain about things that their coworkers do. Um, and if you don't have a culture that promotes, you know, regular feedback and acceptance of that feedback, then that's all it ever is, is, is people talking about their coworkers, not to their coworkers, but constantly venting and two or sorry, two things on that one, the venting takes away time that could be spent doing whatever it is that you need to be doing. And two, that person who's being vented about never has any opportunity to hear the things that they need to improve and never gets the opportunity to better that aspect. Right. Um, if you don't have, you know, feedback as part of your work culture and they continue to do something that they think is right. Yeah. yeah continuously. Yeah. yeah. So are you which, st- which makes it worse. And so, it frustrates you, everyone. so are you saying from a objective standpoint, like 
hey, that was an incorrect thing you did in the presentation. So, yeah, you want to say Um, Or would you say it's more like, hey, you need to um, have a better, like, more professional presence? I mean, I think it could be either. I think it would probably... I, I think a lot of it, one, is how the feedback is presented and then also how it's received by the person. I think both both the feedback giver and the feedback receiver need to be skilled, really. I think it is a skill, That's what I was taking say, and giving yeah. feedback. And I think it's a, a really important skill if you work in a team setting. Um, so, I mean, there's there's multiple ways to go about it. And there's honestly, and what makes it difficult is I don't know that there's a best practice across the board for this kind of thing, because I think um, people respond to various types of feedback better. For example, one person might get really frustrated if you're kind of just very blunt and straight up with them and be like, Hey, don't do that. Like, that's not right. They might get, very defensive about it or you know maybe they need um some kind of you know your compliment sandwich like yeah say something you did good and then something you did bad and then you know, finish it off with like a, a positive as well maybe that's how they respond best some people respond best when you say like hey that's just not good enough right um straight up and i i think a, a lot of it too and i don't we probably don't want to necessarily go here but people who have been athletes before um i think have a very different response to feedback than people who haven't been in that kind of environment i completely agree with that well you hit on what i was going to say is feedback is the most is so important how you deliver the message is almost more important i feel it's what it's what you pretty much just said dom so yes um and i think if you're to if you have a good close team and you You've worked together long enough to where you understand what each person needs and how to deliver it. I mean, that's that's really important, as you just said, Dom. That's what you're. But, but yeah. Okay, so have you? What do you prefer to get, positive or negative feedback? Personally, negative. Yeah. Uh, I I positive feedback is nice, and I think you need it. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of like a nice to have, um, but I don't necessarily think it does much for me. Um, in in that, like, it's not helping me get better at all, really. Unless it's unless it's like maybe reinforcing something that I'm not sure about, like if I'm doing something new and like I'm kind of not confident in it, and I'm like, oh man, like I hope I'm doing a good job. And then someone says like, hey, that was that was really good. Then sure, that's that's positive because maybe i have more confidence in it but if i'm already you know if if i know i'm killing it in an area and someone says it to me and that's the feedback it's just like okay like yeah thanks that i I, I do appreciate that yeah but it's not helping me get better at all i i think i like the the negative feedback the best like i personally would respond really well to someone telling me this isn't good enough um Mm. and i might not like it at first but it'd be like screw you like i'm i'm gonna do I'll show you what good looks like then. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just kind of it's like, interesting you say that, that because because I don't think a lot of people. I, I used. I, I think that's yeah. that's that's different, and yeah. and you have to recognize that too. If right. I'm going to be giving feedback, that that's not how you know a lot of people 
respond. So. I, I used to say that, but I've become, become more aware of myself on how I respond to things. And I will say, if I'm in a new situation and I don't know if I'm doing it right, and someone says, hey, like, you know, you didn't have a lot of direction, you figured it out, you did a great job, I would, I get so pumped up and it gives me confidence. The more confidence I have, the more I feel like I've owned what I've done. And that gives me power to be like, and then I look at myself, okay, where, where have I messed up? I have the confidence to fix what I messed up. So it's almost like if you kind of pump me up, then I kind of fix myself mm-hmm. in hmm. areas that I don't need to. And I didn't even know this until I was in the position I am now. But if you just tell me something I did wrong and I don't get any, any recognition or any kudos for something I've done right, then I, I don't respond as well as I should. And I, I recognize that and, but that's how I've always, that's just how I naturally react to things. But I don't, I don't say it out loud. I internalize it and I know that's not good either. But at the same time, I work best and more creatively with confidence and by myself than I am if someone's telling me negative, 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 because then my mind goes negative, 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 and then I can't flip it to the positive. And that's just me though. I think maybe it's a little bit more universal than I'm thinking that it is, though. And I I, I do think it comes down to confidence a lot, which is a good piece that you brought up there. That's the piece. And that if you you are already not kind of confident in a certain area, maybe there's a lot of stuff that's being asked of you that, you know, you haven't done before and and you're you're generally like you kind of don't know what's going on and you're only getting negative reinforcement i don't think that negative reinforcement is going to be all that good because you don't have the confidence in yourself to be able to believe that you can adjust that right and then you're kind of lost across the board and then you start not trusting anything you do correct whereas if you're generally confident what you're doing you know you're you're doing things that you've done before that you know you, you feel that you're good at and then someone brings up something negative you say okay you know well i still you know have a lot of confidence that i know what i'm doing in these other areas i figured those out this person doesn't like this thing i'm doing i can figure that out too and i can get better at that that's because really i've gotten point. good at other stuff before so yes, and, and yes. i i think it's probably then as a feedback giver you need to assess kind of what the confidence level of this person is uh you know in the areas that they're working on and say like do do they need a little bit of a boost before I deliver some of this yeah. negative feedback, how have they been prepared to be able to take this negative feedback at this time? Hundred hmm. percent. Yeah. Now that you now you say the confidence, like if I have confidence and someone tells me something negative, I'm more likely because if and I understand what I'm doing and I'm confident, I'm more likely to say, I think you're right about this, but I think you're wrong about that. Instead yes. of instead of taking everything as a negative. And then being even more, and I don't and have confidence, even more confused and even more submissive. Yes, like, oh, okay, can you show me how to, uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. But if I have confidence and I know what I'm doing and someone says I should do it differently, it's more of that, okay, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and I know th- some things I'm doing are productive, but I think they're right and that I can adjust this, but I'm not going to adjust that. Mm. And it's just from an outside perspective, like filtering what they're saying and taking the message instead of how they're saying it. Instead of just being told you're wrong, Correct. saying, hey, do a little more of the, this thing that you did right versus the wrong. Correct. It's very interesting to say it. So there's actually some some interesting takeaways 
is it seems like you guys are a little more even keeled wanting positive and negative feedback, but it turns out that kind of the generation that we're in and, and lower and younger, um, there's a ratio of about, they require about 26 positive things said for every one negative in order to remain that's the average you put the soft. soft soft, soft. what's going on with these kids but i think you guys have some good points like um here here's and this is why so that made me start thinking what is it that you know we could we could go with the age old thing that older people say oh kids these days like earn a trophy for everything and you know they they get pampered and stuff like that right that's maybe an easy answer maybe that's just but I was trying to think a little bit more about that. Like, why are we so more reactionary to positive feedback than negative? Do you guys have any kind of thoughts? Like any, I'm kind of asking you on the, on the fly here, but why do you think that? Do you think that people giving advice, we don't have as much respect for an authoritative figure? Do you think, why is someone giving you feedback when like they probably did the same wrong things at one point? Do you think people don't take it seriously? They're just like, I mean, it is what, it, and I'm not talking like crazy mistakes. I'm talking like it, it, small is this, things that you do at work that you're like, do I really need feedback for that? Is is this survey coming um, from people in the workforce or is this just across? I think this is, this is like a, I think this is a, this, this came from surveys and this is in a book that's someone who gives feedback. S- so my thought is with the younger generation in the workforce specifically is that the people who have entered the working environment within the last three-ish years have probably spent most of their time working remote and kind of not um, around other professionals. Um, and while remote work can have plenty of benefits, I think just the conversations that you're not able to overhear and the exposure to, um, you know, teammates doing something causes you to not have as holistic of a view of what it is that you actually do outside of the specific things that you've been assigned. Um, it becomes very difficult to, to see where you fit into the big picture. Um, so I think that would probably cause you to feel a little bit more lost, a little bit less confident Hmm. and requiring more positive feedback. Um, and reassurance is probably the word I would give to that, um, to be able to to actually cope and have the confidence to handle those negative points. Yes. And just going off of that, I think it's harder to take negative feedback when you never see someone in person. Mm, this is when you're good. just always when you don't have a, a good relationship there's them, no yeah. personal connection there's mm. no camaraderie it's like it's like it it's the same reason as you can easily comment something mean on someone's video because it's so much easier to comment mm. on a video than it is to say it in person wow actually that's pretty interesting so do you think do you think that it means who you're getting the who the way you feel about your superior is how you receive feedback. So in other words, let's say your manager, you're, you can't stand them, right? Or maybe you like them. I don't know. Is it different? Is your relationship with them change how you think 
you'll need to receive feedback depending if you like them or dislike them. And if you're close with them or if you're strictly a transactional worker, like I think you kind of alluded to it, but we'll have to dive in more. Yeah. Well, the reason I, I've kind of learned what I just said about myself is because of how my new manager as well, almost over a year now treats me. And I think she realized where the position I was in before and the manager I had that that wasn't the best way to go about managing me. And I think she saw that and I didn't realize that until a few months ago because I started to think, why is she managing me this way? Because she just lets me go. Hmm. Like sometimes she'll talk to me once a week and she'll just like, we'll just, she'll just call me or text me and she'll just check in. And she knows that the less I have people telling me, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way, that I know I have it all on myself and I get creative and I figure out ways to do it in the most efficient way. And I don't have someone like, it's almost like analysis by paralysis. If I, my old team, I had so many people that did it so many different ways. And I was like, I thought I had to do everything in a sequential order to do it right. Where now I see is like the way that I manage projects is my own way. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see that before because I had too much input. And Hmm. now I had to figure it out on my own. And now it gave me the confidence that I needed that I didn't have before that I have now. So I can take more feedback now. Can can I ask you, based on that, have you ever done something that, or maybe I should say this. Do you feel like she is, you're learning from her or do you think you're learning from yourself more? I'm learning from myself more, but she's allowing me to. Okay. So you and think, I think she realized that. So when she might give you feedback, maybe let's just say negative feedback. Yeah. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to. Because, because before in my old job, I would do things. I didn't have the comp. So I would do things that I thought was right. Someone would tell me I did it wrong. And I'd say, well, I thought I was supposed to do it that way. Well, now when I do it wrong, I look, I, I analyze it before she even gets to talk. You to know, me. you did it wrong. I know I did it wrong. And she'll come to me and I go, I should have done it this way. And I know that. And this is what happened because of that. And now I have to correct it by doing this. Hmm. Whereas because beforehand, someone would have told me immediately, but now I don't have someone to tell me immediately. So I have to figure it out on my own. Hmm. And, and I you think prefer it that way? 100%. See, that's interesting. Don't want to go back. And I think that's part of the reason why it's 26 to 1 ratio of 26 good to 1 bad is there's a lot of micromanagers out there. Yeah. Um, and I, I personally think from experience, the times when negative feedback that is received is things that are like so nitpicky or like you're not learning anything out of it. It's just kind of like picking on some small thing. It, it doesn't yeah. add value. And that gets people really fired up the wrong way. Right. And it's, it's like that little thing that you, you didn't know you didn't need it. And then it was like that one little thing though. You can be like, Oh, my boss is on me, but really she's just trying to say something. Maybe. Trying yeah, to say yeah, something. Well, that's, that's and just little things add up. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Dom, what do you think? Sorry. Ed. Um, I think to, to your original question was, was if, how do you take the feedback based on how you feel about your manager, the, the person yeah. giving the feedback? Yeah. Um, hundred percent. I discount feedback that comes from people who I don't respect. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a very fair. Yeah. And, that's and I, th- I think that's a healthy practice that you should not just use in the workplace, but 
Um, yeah, I don't you, think you, it's talked about enough like, because I do think there's a lot of people out there that have managers that just because they're a manager doesn't mean like they're better at your, their job than you. I feel like we do this thing where it's like, oh, you've lived four years longer, so you're all of a sudden a manager. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and I also think, especially recently, technology advances are happening so fast. So it's funny how older people are always less likely to be good with technology and understand how ways of working are. So it's like they don't understand, one, the level of complexity of things that a younger generation has to deal with, but also they don't know how to get feedback because they don't really know how to do a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like how can you get critique from a, ma from a manager who doesn't know how to do it themselves? It, and I think that's a common thing now more than ever. I, 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 can, I have a, a little spin on that. So now that – so something I've seen, you know, Celine go from her old job and now she's managing. She has a yeah. lot of people under her. Her job is – so different than what it was. Mm -hmm. She's not doing the technical work anymore. She manages people. Mm -hmm. So it gets to a certain point where it's like you get all of in the last however many years, like so many jobs have gotten so technical, so technological that like once you've mastered your area of expertise and you're managing people, it's it's foreign to you. You're no long, longer right. doing your technical job. You're managing people, which is a complete different job, a complete different skill set. Yeah. So maybe, and how many people are hopping from job to job nowadays? Yeah. So maybe that's why they are because people don't get good managers anymore because they don't know how to manage people. They just know how to do the job that they did that got them there. So that was another, I don't know. I just sort of. So, so interesting you say that. So what do you think on that? Tom? I've got a couple things real quick. Good. So, some some contradicting statistics, which I I think make sense. So, like they say, sixty five percent of employees desire more feedback. That's um, like an online website mm. that kind of reviews this stuff, which I think makes sense. I think a lot of people want to hear positive feedback, right? Hmm. Like, don't you want to be told you're doing a great job all the time? Companies that um, Okay, so companies that invest in like more regular feedback see 15% lower turnover rates. So I wonder if that's more of a – or maybe I'll stop there see what you guys think about that. Say, say that one more time. So, so majority of people want more feedback, and there's a 15% uh, fifteen less turnover, employee turnover, so leaving work yeah. for a new job when you do give reviews. So those are both in the positive right. spend more money and spend more effort on reviews. That that makes a hundred percent sense to me. I, th I think that, yeah, if, if you have more regular feedback and you know what you're doing wrong, you're able to adjust it and perform better. So there's less turnover from having to let people go. Um, and then also if you have that feedback, you're able to kind of yeah be good at your job and hopefully, advance and not you know want to you know necessarily seek employment elsewhere if you feel like you're happy with yeah your path so it makes sense to me so on the other side of this 
77% of human resources executives believe that performance reviews do not accurately reflect the, per, the actual performance of people. So that's saying seventy-seven percent of the Estonian matter, dude. I agree with that. And they're just BS, and they're just words. I think I think performance reviews are bullshit. Yes, yeah, annual re- annual reviews. I read a book um, that talked about how getting immediate. Like if I want, if I do something wrong, tell me immediately. Not yep, immediately. Yep. Not immediately. Like what I said, let me figure it out. But then within like yep. you know a reasonable amount of time, talk to me about it. We'll figure it out. Don't if I do something wrong in quarter three, don't tell me in quarter four, because mm. then it's like okay, you could have told me that three weeks ago, and we wouldn't have me in this conversation now. It's like there's so much that's built up around it. It should I I feel in in the book they talk about um, doing something quarterly, like talk you know even if you do or monthly, and then at the end of the year talk about your goals for the next year instead of looking back on the year before. I kind of like I kind of like that. I don't know. Maybe some people don't. But hmm. no, I'll, I think it's interesting. I'll echo Ryan. I think if you're, I think annual reviews are pointless if you only redu- do reviews annually, yeah. because annual reviews are very dependent on, um, a number of feedback givers, and if you only do them annually, those feedback givers are not skilled at giving feedback, so it's going to be yeah. shit. That's interesting you say that. I almost think though that too many. Reviews. I feel like every time I'm done a review period, it's the start of another one, and it's like, and we do like quarterly, and it's like, geez, like this is exhausting, and maybe this it's, process. So is there's just too, too much long. that goes into the process. That is that issue is that there's too much formal review. Right. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. I see your point. I, I think the solution formal. is you need to create a culture of, um, regular, non-recurring, so like not formalized just regular informal mm-hmm. feedback and a culture that both promotes having those conversations and you know invests time into making sure that both the giver and the receiver are, are skilled and and can take the most out of that yeah 